Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Colts, where Lawrence Owen and Dequell Jackson brings you everything about the shoe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is Dequell Jackson. Man, this is not the start that Colts fans were hoping for walking into the 2021 season, Dequell. No, not at all. If I would have bet everything I own that the Colts would not start the season off on three, but we saw it coming. We talked about it plenty of times on this show and with the inconsistency, with the, you know, the availability of your, your key guys being available, it's hard to overcome it. It's mm-hmm. hard to overcome it when your quarterback is is constantly under pressure, constantly under fire, and your starting center and your starting, you know, all pro guard isn't available, and T.Y. Hilton isn't available. All these key guys are very vital to the success of this football team, and they haven't been available. And right now, as we talk offline here, this is the time where I've been involved in teams that started off on three far too many times and i know what's happening that chatter within that locker room you're going to have chatter about what we can do better you're going to have clicks of guys that you know want to lead by example and this is a pivotal time where your leaders the guys that you've paid the guys that call themselves leaders practice extremely hard do not deter yourself do not change the way you've gone about preparing for the mid-level guys, the starters to see that, you know what, no matter the circumstance, we can still go out here and I can stay focused and prepare as well as I did uh, if we were 3-0. and So that's going to be an, an important aspect of this football team and the psyche of this football team and how they perform on Sunday coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's massively important that the leadership of this team really steps up and don't let you know, the depression of, of starting now 0-3 uh, kind of spread like a disease throughout the locker room, right? Yeah, and it will, and it will. It will, Lawrence, because the coaches, they come in, you know, sadly enough to say the coaches come in not really juiced up and they have an attitude, you know, they mm-hmm. and, and, and I've always hated this about the NFL. Anytime you lose a game, coaches come in with an attitude. It's, you know, they talk about moving on to the next week and they say all the right things in front of the camera. But internally, it sucks because they don't have, the life is sucked out of them. It's like only we can only have a good time and only smile if we win the game. And it drives you crazy. And it's not a really good motivator for your team. I want a guy, particularly Chuck Pagano, when we would lose. Listen, he told us everything we needed to know what we could have done better. But the one thing about Chuck, he was consistent week in and week out. And I'm not saying Frank Wright isn't, but the head coach obviously has to be the motivator. But it's just an eerie feeling around the building that you want to just knock this windless dust off your shoulders. Because, again, you put in a lot of time in the offseason, OTAs, mini camp, training camp. And now you still haven't reaped any rewards or result from all that time you spend in the offseason. You know, so it, it it really plays on you mentally. I'm just worried that the Colts, with all the issues they have 
all the bodies, you know, the, you know, Quentin Nelson may be a guy who may not play this week, you know, and, and it's all signs of pointing to that for, due to a high ankle sprain, but not in a million years that I think the Colts will start off 0-3 at this point. No, and you were talking about that playing on the head coach. You could kind of see it in his Monday press conference. You know, mm-hmm. the his his demeanor when he generally he's out there and you know he he has optimism. You know, he's right. optimistic about players. He's optimistic about right. the team. And then you go and immediately he's like, you know, um, he almost never smiled at all throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I saw. I watched it. Yeah, it was it was depressing. It was yeah. it was it was hard to watch, and I also watched Matt Eberflus's presser this past weekend, and literally the things he talked about. I mean, it's day one stuff he talked about running to the football, you know, and he talked about this is this is one of the things that he mentioned, Lawrence, that I've heard coaches say to our team, our unit, our defense years ago in Cleveland when we didn't have a a chance in hell. Uh, they talked about stopping the run. Well. You know, he mentioned something, and this is not an indictment on Eberflus. I just think I'm hearing the same type of rhetoric that I heard when things start to go south. Is as a football team, as a defense, you talk about stopping the run first and allowing your team to play left-handed. And now, you know, obviously you can send your pressure, you can open your playbook up. Things work to your favor from a defensive standpoint. However, the thing that he said to me that caught my attention was in terms of you know, the running game, Tennessee's running game. Well, if you look at our average, if you take out the runs from the quarterback runs, our average was below four yards. You're reaching. You're mm-hmm. reaching, man. Like, that's – you're reaching. I've heard that before. No. Tell the guys how it is. The running back – the quarterback running the football is part of stopping mm-hmm. the run. That's part of not – that's part of, you know, fun, from a fundamental standpoint, your rushers are out of sync. They're giving up either outside leverage or not running down their proper rush lane. So you have to correct the problem where it is. You can't create this theory of you actually played a lot better than you actually did. Because at the end of the day, all that matters are wins and losses. And, you know, you have to find a way to to, to get out of this hole they're in. So there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, Colts Nation, you know, Twitter can be a cesspool at times we all know this <laughs> yeah and you know i obviously i i run twitter quite a bit uh to help you know kind of get the feel of fans and everything right and from what i'm gathering they they're just as frustrated as everybody else i mean it, it's oh, pretty no obvious no doubt. but but the thing is is they're not just questioning whether or not you know the head coach is is making the right play calls now mm-hmm. their other decisions outside should they have started Carson Wentz this game should yeah. you know right. what's yeah. going on with Jacob Eason why is he now all of a sudden not the backup and the right. practice squad guy you know Hundley is now the the backup you know right. things right. like that uh the, there's questions going on all over the place and I personally, I don't know what answers to give them because, you know, I, I'm, I'm questioning it as well. And I don't, I find myself in a very rare situation because generally, you know, what Frank Reich is, 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 is talking about and doing because he's generally pretty straight. And as of late, he has been 
um, you know, most of his answers are very vague and mm. he's, he's doing and saying things that just seem off. I love that Carson Wentz is a great, uh, competitor. You know, the fact that, right. you know, he, he, he's going to go out there even, I mean, he said he woke up every night in the middle of the night in agonizing, throbbing pain from his mm -hmm. foot all mm -hmm. the way up until game day. And yet right. he was still allowed to go out there and play the game. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a question right there. It's, it's definitely a head scratcher because I, I'm with you on that. The guy's banged up. And if you think he's going to get healthy by playing the game, when you have issues from a protection standpoint on your O-line, it's not going to happen. He's not going to magically just wake up and get better. So you have to take a chance and sit him out. Sit him out a game. Let Jacob Eason or Brent Hundley come in. You devise a game plan. You know, have, you 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 let everyone know, listen, Carson's going to be out. We have to, Now you have to coach. Now you have to really dive deep and coach and see – what guys you do have and what they do, the guys that you do have available, whether they, what do they do best and have that be your game plan? Cause right now they're scratching for answers, you know, and I know as well as anyone, you know, no one wants to be on three. Those guys are doing whatever they possibly can to get themselves out of this hole. Now playoffs, that's a different story. You got to win the week. Yeah. Now you're talking about winning the day, winning the week, and then you look back a few weeks from now and hopefully you're in a better situation than where you are now. But, you know, this team is scratching for answers, and I think Carson Wentz has, has again, proven what type of competitor he is and what the game means to him because, listen, I, I feel for the guy. He wants to be the guy to save the day. But right now he thought he walked into a situation that was a lot differently lot different than the Philadelphia Eagles and uh things haven't been going as 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 planned so um I agree some of the decisions that's been made head scratches for sure but one thing is for certain if you're a coach Carson even a hobbled Carson gives you the best chance possible and that scares me because that means you don't think highly of Brent Hundley or J Jacob Eason to get the job done and work the quarterback position efficiently yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, that that's the scary thing, because, I mean, from what I saw from Eason, I thought he was making very good progress through through uh, preseason, through training camp. Um, I understand that those five snaps, you know, at the end of the Rams game was not very good looking at, no. you know, I mean, I no. but at the same time, that's just five snaps. And then in a situation that was not. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't practice for that. He didn't, he, right. nothing, you know. Right. So uh, there's difference between being thrown in a situation and planning and practicing for it, you no, know. No doubt, so, no doubt. He, he didn't uh, have a chance. He didn't have uh -uh. a chance those five games. And I believe he threw a pick if my uh, yeah, Yeah, the Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Jalen Ramsey, you know, you don't throw to his side. Like the guy, it was a close game. He was trying to keep his football team in the game. And, you know, it happens with – um, you know, no practice schedule, no practice time with the one. So typical Speak, situation to be in. Speaking of close game, you know, in both losses in week one, week two against Seattle and against the Rams, I 
not only felt like we deserved to be in both of those games, I felt like we could have won both of those games, especially the Rams game. I felt like there was a lot of points left on the board. In this last game against Mm -hmm. Tennessee, I felt like we had no business being out there on the field with them. The whole game, it kind of, to me, it felt like we were outmatched this game. Now, whether that has to do with all the injuries and the fact that Carson Wentz was out there hobbled and all that other stuff, but the defense, again, the defense did not look, you know, the part. They were getting ran over all the time. And, I mean, at one point in the second part of the game, second half of the game, neither of their star receivers were on the field. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown was didn't even play in the game, and and Julio went out with an injury. And we still couldn't stop them. They had yeah. a, a guy you you uh, played with, Rogers, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. He was yes. out there making plays, you know. Yes. And yeah, it, you know what? Because these two teams know each other. If all things were considered equal, and and if Colts had everyone healthy, I would say it would still be a close ball game. However, you alluded to some points that were again head scratches, kind of disturbing. And I'll say this, I'll defend the defense for one second. And just to put this out there so people understand how the offense affects the defense and vice versa. Well, when you have a good defense uh, that's underperforming at this time, you're 0-3 and all the injuries that's happened on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it affects your defense. It drains your defense. And Darius Leonard was a guy, obviously, he wasn't healthy walking. He walked into the season. You know, he had a, you know, he still has playing with a, a, a hobbled ankle. Uh, it affects your defense. And when you're not winning, you know, the psyche that goes into that, it's like when things start to happen, start to come up throughout the course of a football game, it's like your brain goes to, oh, here we go again. This is the time where we're going to start to lose this game. Because at one point it was a close ball game. It was 10 to 14, mm-hmm. I think late in the third or the fourth. But, you know, then things kind of got out of hand. You know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, uh, Henry just was Henry. You know, there was a there was a play that everyone, you know, watched that when he just bulldozed Darius Leonard, you know, and it was and, I, you know, it, that was indicative of what the, the game looked like. You know, mm-hmm. they just they flat out just manhandled us. And Carson Wentz was under duress, you know, at pivotal points of that game last week. You know, you get in the red zone and you can't convert and vice versa. Our defense has to be better situationally. Third downs, you can't get off the field. Red zones, you're giving up touchdowns. And what seems to me, listening to Matt Eberfuss address his defense, the hustle and running to the ball isn't where it needs to be in order for them to play championship and winning football. So there's a lot of whole, there's a lot of different things going on with this football team that needs to be addressed. And, you know, what I will say is this week, they are playing someone they're very, very familiar with, and Jacob uh, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacoby Brissett is known for not really taking the top off of any defense through his arm. You know, there's going to be a ton of intermediate throws, so that can work to the Colts' favor, right? It's like you play man to man, you force him to come off his first read, you make his fourth read, and so forth. But you know, this team is really, really um, underachieving. Um, yeah, we can make excuses about the injuries, but a well-coached team, you're able, a well-coached team and a well-prepared team 
you know, can find ways to win one out of these three games, you know, so that that's concerning in, in its own right. But, um, you know, this team has a lot of makeup work to do for sure. All right. So you brought up Jacoby Brissett. So I guess that means it is time to discuss week four. And I have been sitting on this question since Monday to ask you. Okay. And it's 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 something that I, I have always wondered um, from a, a player standpoint, especially a defensive player standpoint, because I know what a quarterback is going to say. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, when a defense that knows their, uh, the opposing quarterback as well as this defense knows Jacoby Brissett and then mm-hmm. vice versa, Brissett knows this defense, right? Who right. who does that play more in favor <laughs> right. to, or is it a wash? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Initially, I say the quarterback will always have that advantage, um, but it can go either way. I I hate to say it's a wash, but I feel like the quarterback because he has the ball in his hands and he knows not only this from a schematic standpoint, but he knows bodies. He knows how guys react to certain balls, whether they want to jump things, whether you can hit them with a, uh, uh, you know, a certain route combination. I think the advantage goes to the quarterback, but as a defensive player, knowing you're playing against a guy who you've, you know, seen prepared throughout the course of a year and he's been your quarterback, you know, his weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know, what his strengths are. And again, I feel like I'm talking myself out of my original response of <laughs> it not being a wash, but uh, you 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 perk up when you play a guy that you know that you that you understand how he plays the game, his arm strength, you know his cadence, how to get off the football. So this game, you bring it up. I think this game is going to be very close because of that reason, and because of you know um, some of the things that their O line is dealing with from a, mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins O line is uh, dealing with believe they're giving up the third most sacks in the NFL right now. You know, I don't know what that number is on the other side of the ball, but I would imagine it's probably close to it, you know. Uh, and from a, from a defensive standpoint, hell, that's a good question, man. I, I don't know if I can answer it completely. I don't know. I, you know, you look at – you have one guy that's familiar with – I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I want to say defensively, but how many guys, they don't have the ball in their hands. They don't know the case. The quarterback knows, you know, the tendency of the, of Matt Eberflus, you know, how he calls a game, you know, whether you're in the red zone and what, what are his got to have it plays, you know? So, um, yeah, that's could, a great question, man. Could that's Matt Eberflus take advantage of this and play calls that, maybe he knows Brissett will not be expecting knowing, you know, Brissett being on the team, knowing that Eberflus is one of those guys that just likes to send four generally and right. sit guys back and, right. and play that zone or whatnot play that. Do you think Eberflus, this is a game where Eberflus could really send a lot of pressure, a lot of extra bodies in no order to really mess up Jacoby and, no and what his expectations are. Yeah, you have to break your tendencies. You have to, as a coordinator, especially early on and throughout the game, you have to break your tendencies because guess what? All week long, 
Jacoby Brissett has been in defensive meeting rooms talking to the defensive coordinator um, um, and telling him all the, the, the scout reports on Quentin Nelson and all the guys that he played with and with the offensive side. He's been meeting with them, letting them know, okay, this guy does this, this guy does that. Uh, but I, if you're right, if I'm Matt Eberflus, you have to break your tendencies all game, all game. Because if you're a quarterback, I don't care whether you've been a starter, backup, you know the game better than 90% of the, the, the guys on your team because it just takes that amount of effort to play the position. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, you know, it's gonna. That's why you. That's why I love this game because it is a chess match. It is a game within a game. You play the chess match back and forth, and that's why I say, or while I said earlier, this game is going to be a lot closer than we all think. Uh, I think you know you mentioned earlier that you know the 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 Miami Dolphins are, are, are thinking this is going to be a blowout. You know, whatever the case, and I, I don't think it will be that. I, I think uh, you know there's a lot of different factors that plays in this part. You look at their defense, their defense, Miami Dolphins defense. They got some crazy record of being able to turn the ball over in 25 consecutive games. They did it last week with an 82-yard mm-hmm. pick six. So there's a lot of different factors that plays a part. However, to get back to your original question, Matt Eberflus is definitely going to have to change things up. I mean, you have to at this point. You can't keep running the same style of defense that you ran the last three weeks. It hasn't worked for you. You got to switch things up. You got to put guys out of position. You got to mix things up. You got to you know, play more guys if need be. And you definitely have to start to dive into your, you know, your coach's library in your head. Do I stick to who I am or do I try to get the best out of my guys that I have available? And it may tend, it may trend towards changing things up and breaking my tendency. Yeah, that that would be absolutely great because, like I said, I mean, if you think that Miami's only got a good defense and our defense should be able to shut down that offense, which you could, you're not realizing the weapons that Miami and Jacoby Brissett has to throw to out there. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got three really, really good receivers. And I'm sorry, Mike Jacecki is a solid tight end. I love, but uh, he don't get targeted enough as a tight end, in my opinion. I, I, I think right. that he's, he he's kind of our Jack Doyle, but yeah, you know Love the Jack younger Doyle. Jack Doyle. You know yeah. what I mean? Love um, Jack Doyle, man. But I, I think I think Jacecki might have more explosiveness than what uh, Doyle, because Doyle mm-hmm. was never known to have that big play in his in his pocket. Right. He was he was always that security blanket. You know, you need that catch on third down. Right. Give it the Jack, right. he's going to catch that ball. Love you know? Jack Doyle, one of my yeah. favorite players I ever played with. One of my favorite. <laughs> And if I could tell one of my favorite, and I told Jack this when I was there, and I was like, Jack, you know, out of everyone on this team, Andrew Luck, Reggie Wayne, Rob, I was like, you're my favorite freaking player. Favorite freaking player. Man. If you can see this guy work, Lawrence, brings his hard hat every single day, and he's never injured, even though he is. The guy plays through any and everything. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on that tech, but he's, oh, my, he's, boy, he's one of my favorite, favorite people, man. Did and, you have that? that bracelet or whatnot i did that, that, i did yeah, the what would jack what would jack Doyle do yes <laughs> i had it. it's, it's around here someplace but yeah he, he was my favorite player man he just you respected the way he played the game and he was uh definitely motivated you definitely need everyone needs a jack doyle on their team 
-hmm. everyone does you know just a quiet assassin but um you know as you mentioned you talk about we can get back to football (laughs) yeah and um you talk about the weapons miami has i'm with you waddle parker yeah uh, you know uh now fuller who's been having a really good year you know Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. of course, Jaseki. You know, I yes, I yes. might be mispronouncing Jaseki. It might be Gisecki. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I I I hear it pronounced either way. So yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to be the one to try to correct you. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But this, this this game is, you know, it's a home game for Miami. Uh, this is really, um, I mean, if Frank Wright can get this team and motivate this team to come out. And despite all the the things that's going on, you still have another week, right? You still have you can win with the guys you do have. And, um, you know, and you lean on you know Jonathan Taylor and and Naheem uh, Himes just got rewarded a new contract, three year contract. And you know, let's talk about you know moving Marlon Mack. There's a lot going on with this football team to you know not allow them. You know, every coach talks about you know the the main thing being the main thing, and that is focusing on your opponent. And there's just so much going on with this football team that I don't think they're necessarily equipped to deal with. And, you know, obviously injuries been a big focal point of that. But, you know, Miami, um, you know, they, they, they're definitely going to have their work cut out for them. But I, I honestly feel like if the Colts can get a victory, it's going to be this week. See, we, we, we've been talking about, you know, the fact that both teams are dealing with injuries, especially, you know, like across their offensive line and their quarterback position. But something I, I want to bring up, because I've heard this brought up a few times over the years, and we've seen it during games uh, when they happen down in Miami. And mm-hmm. that that is the hydration part of the game, right? Uh, how... Yes. How important is that for a player, you know, when when going down to Miami and playing football? Yeah, I'll tell you what, my first year in Indianapolis, 2014, and obviously I was with Cleveland before and we played the AFC North. So pretty, you know, after September, October, the weather's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. The year I got to Indy, we had to play Jacksonville, Florida, which I grew up a few hours you know, north of that place. And I didn't hydrate. I, I had my normal, I hydrated, but not more so than what I needed to, because I just completely lost track of what it felt like in September to play a game in Florida. And it has a huge, it's a huge advantage, a huge event, you know, cramping, you know, taking salt tablets at before the game, making sure you're hydrated. And a lot of guys, you don't really, you know, guys are, are um, you know, slow to pick up on things until it happens to them, you know, and and playing down in a, in a climate like that is no joke, man. It is absolutely no joke. And it hit me. I cramped up the first time playing in that climate, you know, and, you know, and, uh, you know, a handful of years or so. But it's extremely important that everyone hydrates because that, you know, you want to be available. All the you, you don't want to create more issues than what you have to. If you can just, you know, hydrate and take care of your body and do all those things, because when that climate hits you and moving at that pace that you're moving at and uh, they're used to it. The Dolphins are used to it. You know, they practice in it. You know, they, they deal with the heat in August and all that good stuff in training camp and OTAs and minicamp. So 
Uh, that could be another that it's always an added advantage for the home team anytime you play in Miami during this time of the year. Yeah, you hear you hear a lot about advantages for home teams with with certain with certain teams like you know Denver being you know you know the out. Oh, that's another. That's you know. another one. That's another. <laughs> you know, and it, I have a a, a sickle a sickle sickle cell trait, oh. and so I don't know if you remember years ago uh, Ryan Clark who was playing for mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. We both have sickle cell traits, and it affects you know, affects me differently than it affects him. And he couldn't play because of the altitude just would have potentially killed him. Yeah. So for me, when I would go to Denver, uh, we've talked about it before. I lived in my hyperbaric chamber. Like that was hyperbaric chamber, basically, you know, just oxygenates your body. And it was something that, you know, you, you're, you're able to, you know, inhale, uh, twice as much as oxygen, right? So I would have to do that more so when we played in Denver because I can tell you, even though I did all those things, the minute you get off the plane, if no one's, if the, for the people watching and listening, you've never been to Denver, just just fly in and walk down the, the, the uh, airport and immediately within like 10 steps, you realize you're exhausted. So uh, definitely a huge advantage to play in Denver. Oh my gosh. It, it, it is, people try to not make, it a big deal, but when you're playing a sport that deals with you running around and getting exhausted and all that good stuff, it affects you at every level. Wow. So that's kind of odd that, you know, certain, certain teams have that advantage due to location. It's just, that's all it is. It's, it's where yes. they're located, right? Yes, uh, no so, doubt. Um. So going into this game, what are some keys for the Indianapolis Colts in order to walk into Miami and walk mm-hmm. out with a W? Uh, first and foremost, you have to protect your quarterback, no matter who it is. You know, fix, you know, if you have to simplify your offense and max protect, that's something that needs to be done. You have to max, max, max protect and you give up, you know, multiple guys in route combination, but at the very least you keep your quarterback upright. So if you can protect your quarterback, protect the football, because as we mentioned earlier, Miami Dolphins, they have a knack for creating turnovers. If you can, you know, protect the quarterback, protect the football, and you make it a close game. I think that will give the Indianapolis Colts a great chance of winning this football game. And you know, if you look at the other side of the ball defensively, I think you bend but don't break. You know, if you can if you can somehow play better in one of those situational areas where it be, whether it be third down or red zone, your chances of, of of winning that football team goes up because now you've created more opportunities for your offense. Because last week, I believe the first half, the Colts offense had less than thirty snaps. You know, and which was mind blowing. You know, mm-hmm. so if the defense can pick up the slack in one of those situational areas, whether it be third down or red zone, I think you, your chance to win the game is key in protecting the quarterback and protecting the football. I think you do those three things, you know, you have a great shot of winning the football game. Yeah, a lot of people want to talk about last week and the that Jonathan Taylor only had 10 carries. You got to remember the first half, the Colts only had the ball 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes is all they had it in the first half. And, um, you know, all the way up until the fourth quarter, 
when the Titans made that uh, a nine point game. Right. The the play call was was somewhat. It was like twenty three passes to seventeen runs, you know, total, which is not terrible. But then once we were in the fourth quarter and they got that nine point lead, then the play calling went right. thirteen passes, one run, you know, and uh, right. you, you kind of understand why because of situational right. football, right? Um, right. Don't let that happen this game. <laughs> That's no doubt. No doubt. For, for for us to play to our strength, you need to control the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to control the clock. And that's, you know, you go back last week, that's what Tennessee does best when they their horses start to run. You minimize the effect from the opposing offense. And as you alluded to, the situation of the game dictates how you play call. If you're up, which everyone likes to be, you're up. Now you can... Go down your play sheet. You can call as many runs as possible. Keep the other offense on the sideline. Things are things are things are great. But when you get behind, you know you're forced to throw the football, and you cannot. This team is not good enough right now to play from behind and be forced to throw the football. Whether it's Carson Wentz or Brent Hundley or Jacob Eason. No, well, even even throwing the football against this secondary, it's it's not a wise idea. You want to be able. But the thing is, Miami knows this too. You know, Miami knows that the Colts are having issues on the offensive line and that the quarterback yes. is hobbled. They are yes. going to attack that. And there is not n- yes. no question in my mind that they're going to be sending uh, the kitchen sink, you know, to stop the run this game and force yes. Carson Wentz to beat them through the air, which is their game on defense, you know. Right. Right. So it's, it's a scary situation. The Colts offensive line are – those guys who are going to be out there, like you said earlier, Quentin Nelson probably won't be playing. You know, Braden mm-hmm. Smith probably won't be playing. Um, right. Eric Fisher will be on a snap count, right? Like like right. he has been the last couple of weeks. You're going to have right. Reed at guard most likely. You're going to have um, oh, I can't remember the guy the the right tackle uh, that um. the Colts had not. Not the guy that's been playing no. left, not Davenport, but they had another guy that played right tackle last week. Um, not Braden Smith, right? No, no, not Braden no. Smith. The guy who came in for him. Oh, oh crap. Oh, man. And I, I am recording, and I can't remember his name off the top <laughs> of my head. I'm sorry, guys. But either way, these guys, <laughs> these guys are going to have to step their game up. I mean, yeah. and I, I understand that it's difficult to just say step your game up but no but that that that's the cycle of the NFL you know that's why the guys who are paid what they're paid is for these moments obviously you want those guys to not you you don't want to be in this this position but this is why you pay the guy this is is going to show these next 3 to 4 weeks who's going to be able to block out the noise and go play the game of football and not let the circumstance dictate how well they play. This is every coach, every scout, every GM around that building are watching every one of those guys because you're you're going to see guys fall by the wayside. You're going to see guys rise to the top. And I give credit to Darius Leonard. You know, he's been, as much as he's been hobbled, he was able to create a, he forced a fumble last week. He's been active. So I got no problems with his style of play. However, you know, guys like him, 
you know, even guys who aren't playing, you know, if, if, if Nelson isn't going to play, which all signs points to that, you need to be just as vocal and just as involved, even though you're not playing the game of football, just to salvage the season. So I, I, I've been, I've, I've had, I've passed this test many a times in Cleveland, many a times. And I've had many conversations with past GMs who told me, he's like, hey, listen, when things go bad, you know, we're looking for the guys to, we're, we're, we're taking note of the guys who aren't all in all of a sudden. You know, even if we paid them a little bit of money or not, you know, we're looking for those guys. And trust me, you better believe every Tuesday or whatever day the Colts bring potential free agents in, that's going to be a revolving door this year because of with, with all the injuries or what have you. And, you know, you have to do what you have to do. But, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be very interesting this weekend. Uh, I'm looking for, you know, guys like Michael Pittman. He's he's shown mm-hmm. he, he's been a, a guy that you can depend on, you know. So uh, there, there there has been some bright spots here and there, but uh, we just have to see more of it. Yeah, there's uh, other players. Uh, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fans want to discuss, you know, well, obviously we need to run and we need to have a quick passing short game, right? You know, right. To get the ball out of his hands quickly. But at the same time, doing that, the other team, I mean, just thinking of it as a, a as an offensive play caller, the other team knows this. There are going to be times when you're going to need to ask your offensive line to step up and right. protect the quarterback for a little bit longer to right. get a couple deep shots downfield to right. loosen that up, take advantage of it because – if all you do is quick outs and slants and things, this you don't want to you don't want to be repetitive against this defense. They are opportunistic. They will jump right. routes. They will create right. turnovers. You right. got to make them pay for for creeping up on you and, mm-hmm. and 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 make them feel like oh crap they still can take it over the top occasionally. We got to you know keep right. that in the back of their mind. And you know guys like Paris Campbell. Who, who has not been really a factor so far this season, you know, and I, I can't, I can't lay that whether it's on him or if it's on the coaching, you know, are right. there play calls played to get him open and get him the ball? Uh, I don't know. Cause quite frankly, yeah. I don't have the all 22 right now because game pass is being stupid, but, <laughs> but I, mean, cause I mean, you, you, you can watch the, the stream, you know, the, the broadcast of the game and you don't know everything because you only get so much of the field. Right. Right. And, and you don't know what the safety look is, you know, because they're off screen. You don't know what the receivers are doing past 10, 15 yards down the field because they're off the screen. So it's very difficult to get a, a, an overall look at the play call on both sides without that all 22. And, but I think whoever's fault it is, they need to change things up and do something because in this game, if we don't make shots and and not just make shots, yeah. but get some completions downfield. Right. If we don't get those completions, they're 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 not going to be afraid of it. Because yeah, okay, you could throw the ball downfield, uh, but if it's not completed, that that's not really gonna scare them, you know, not really. Um yeah, that there's, there's, there's so much, you know, this team definitely has their work cut out 
right? Like we can all agree there. I think you're right. The, the, the fact that this team needs to be aggressive from a play calling standpoint, they need to at least tempt, attempt the ball down the field and, and try to create some big play opportunities. I think mm-hmm. that's what they're missing right now. They, they, they need a spark early in this football game, whether it be from the special teams unit, whether it be from the defensive unit, and but we're looking for the offensive unit to give this football team a spark. And that's throwing the ball down the field, taking the top off the, the, the defense. And, and you're right. If we think we can just go walk into Miami and dink and dunk and call a methodical game and not attempt to throw the ball down the field, no reverses, not change it up, break our tendencies, this defense will take the ball from you. They've done it mm-hmm. in the last 25 games. They had a pick six for 82 yards from a linebacker, for Christ's sake, last week. So this team is not only going to bring pressure, and if you sit back and think you're going to be a statue or a tree, you know, in that pocket, they're coming after you. <laughs> so whether it's Brett Hundley, whether it's, you know, uh, Jacob Eason and or Carson Wentz. And I think this game, for me, will really determine – how the coaches are going to move forward with this football team. Because if mm-hmm. you, if Carson Wentz goes out and takes another pounding, now we start, we have to start pointing the finger at Frank Wright and this, this, this uh, offensive uh, um, assistance of, okay, what's best for our football team? You know, are we going to continue to put a hobble guy out there and get him battered? And we know with Wentz's track record, at some point his body isn't going to be able to hold up. So what can we do to minimize that? How can we be effective in other areas and take the ball out of his hands and minimize his 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 um, his ability to get hurt? So uh, I think definitely we have to make a, a an assertive effort to to get the ball down the field. Look, bring the trick plays out. I know, you know, teams are anytime you see teams doing trick plays, it's like a sign of okay, they 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 really can't figure anything out right now. But hell, aren't we trying to win a game? Do whatever right. you possibly can to win a football game. Fake a punt. Do something. A spark will will juice this team. Still an extra possession. Do anything you possibly can right now to bring energy back to this football team. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not walking into a lackadaisical Miami Dolphins team. This is a team that had playoff aspirations as well walking into this season. And they're staring down the barrel of one and three if they lose. You know, right. and the Colts are looking at 0-4. So both these teams have their backs to the walls right now, needing this win in order to get their season back on track to where they wanted it uh, before the season started. So, you know, they got their work cut out for both teams. Now, we're we're coming down to the end of this, uh, this stream. I just want to say congratulations this past weekend for you. I hope everything was was uh really really awesome um <laughs> it, it was it was i mean I, I mean i couldn't ask for a better weekend uh to be considered a browns legend i had an opportunity to um spend time with jim brown one of my favorite people in the world this guy funny story about him he actually uh when i was in the building this is my one regret lawrence is the fact that i never followed up with Jim Brown, um, him teaching me how to play chess. And I brought it up oh. to him when we were at the the banquet. So uh, he was like, yeah, I'm always available. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to bother you, man. I'm not going to do that. But anyway, it was a very special weekend. I had a chance to to address the 
the Cleveland Browns fan base, the dog pound. Uh, it was a great, great for my son to be there. Just great to be around, you know, Brandon and to Joe Thomas while we were there. Just a bunch of former teammates and, and current guys I had a chance to uh, speak with. So gr very, very special weekend. And to top it off, my wife threw a, a special birthday dinner um, with some close friends and, and, and family that surprised me there. So it was a very, very great weekend for, for me to say the less. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad you had a really great weekend um, because – uh, I, I'm just somebody to have a good weekend is always fantastic. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's get into the uh, score predictions, I guess. So we're about now at that point, this is a scary, scary game to think about uh, because there's so many factors walking into this game. So many factors and they're unknown factors. You know, right? Uh, who's going to be playing? Who's who's going to be out there? Who's who's still dealing with the injuries? Um, what are the coaches going to do? You know, all this stuff that we had discussed uh, for the last half an hour while we were discussing the game. I do think that this is the game that the Colts finally realized their backs against the wall. You could see the frustration in Darius Leonard's press conference after the game he was madder you know than the hatter that's I, straight up. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> right. and he i think he's going to bring that energy and it's going to feed the defense i think the offense is going to uh not want to let carson wentz down because of what he's been doing you know right. and the fact that you know he's out there putting Everything on the everything on the line. I think the Colts yeah. find a way to finally win a game. Yes, everyone, a lot of you probably think there's no way the Colts are going to go 0-4 because, you know, just that's how they've looked and blah, blah, blah. I think last week was their lowest of the season. Mm -hmm. I think last week was they hit that bottom, and now mm -hmm. it's time for them to start rising up. And right. I think they're going to get right. back on their feet, at least at least get on their hands and knees, you know, getting up off the ground because they took one in the right. chops like Darius Leonard did, you know. Right. Um, I think they're going. I think they're going to scratch and claw and fight their way back against Miami, mm. and um, I think this is a game where the 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 defense against Jacoby Brissett is actually going to play more of uh in their favor than in Jacoby Brissett's favor um especially yes. with Matt Eberflus you know as mm -hmm. we we discussed I I really do believe this is a game that the Colts can win um they just they just gotta really will it to happen you know right. Uh, they, right. they gotta go out there on an individual player basis they have to each individual player has to will this game to happen I think they will um I'm gonna go I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game though um no, no I, I I maybe 17 14 I think now that I'm yeah. looking at yeah. it you know a, a game yeah. I think it's gonna be close it's gonna come down to maybe right. the final drive uh right. I got right. 17, 14 Colts. What are you looking at? Yeah. So I pretty much been undecided because as you mentioned, there's so many different variables mm -hmm. that plays a part in this game. 
on both defenses, both offensive lines, quarterbacks. You know, the Miami isn't playing with uh, Tua. He's out, but Jacoby Brissett is a proven veteran who can will your team to victory. He's going to know where to go with the football. That that alone leans me towards the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. then you look at the other side. We're waiting for this offensive line and this offense to show just just show us just an ounce of what you're capable, how you're capable of playing, whether you have all your guys healthy or not. And so, and I look at our defense where our defense has been underperforming rightfully so because they've been drained by the offense really being sputtered around and not really protecting the quarterback, all the different issues that we talked about. However, and it's difficult to lose. You have so much, urgency and energy to play a division game that you lose and in the fashion they lost you would assume they would bring a different type of intensity this next week when you go down you're playing away you're playing in miami this is a chance to to make a team pay for you know you being on three however with all that being said i think the colts don't have enough i don't think they have they won't have enough for this football game uh, again, not for lack of talent wise. I just think the elements, I think not being at home, I think because of Jacoby Brissett and the Miami Dolphins knowing that, hey, if we can hold on for a few a, a, a few weeks or whatever the case may be, we, we could potentially get our starting quarterback back. And I think this team is going to thrive and lean on their defense to pressure Carson Wentz and this offense and put constant pressure on them. And I think it's going to be too much for our offense. And I do think, you know, um, in the end, I have to lean towards the Dolphins in a close game, in -hmm. a close game. And I'll go, and I had them winning by three, but you went 17-14, I'm going to go 13-10. You know, I do think it's going to be a, it's going to be a a very, it's going to be a, 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 this game won't be entertaining to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of punts going back and forth. And whoever wins this football game, which I, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins, it's going to be on a you know, a punt return or something big is going to happen unexpectedly. You know, and I don't I just don't think both offenses are equipped to just, you know, from the first quarter to the fourth, just to consistently just put pressure on the other the opposing defenses. But uh, I, I have to, I know I said a whole lot there, but I, in the end, I think Miami comes away, um, you know, two and two. Unfortunately, our Colts on four with uh, with more things to to figure out moving forward. Well, you know, uh, you probably are calling it how uh, the majority of people would call it because you know you 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 watched the game last week against the Indianapolis uh, against uh, the Tennessee. And it just wasn't a good game, you know. We're just not seeing any spark. So, and that was the game, right? You mm-hmm. know this team. You know this team. Last week, you play them twice a year. So if if you were going to get a victory, yeah, it was going to be a tight game. This was the moment to do it. Get a division win and carry that momentum over to the following week. I just it pains me to say it pains me to see this team go through mm-hmm. this, uh, knowing the talent they have, knowing how close, you know. Heading into the season, the expectation of, oh, we added Carson Wentz, a young guy. He can 
resurrect his career on the Frank Wright when he had he was operating at an MVP level, you know, to see that just kind of squandered away. And it and it's not on any it's not anyone's fault. You know, it's just the way the game is played sometimes, you know. The, yeah. you, you, so um you gotta take the good with the bad and, and hopefully they can salvage what's been, you know, an underachieving season thus far. Last week when we did our uh, predictions, I had said that the Titans were going to win 28 to 17. And then right after we got done recording, I recorded with believe in Titans. And he Uh explained to me about their offensive line woes. And I changed my score Mm -hmm. to 24, 17. I was one point off on both ends (laughs) of the score. Right. (laughs) Right, Um, right. So I'm hoping that my streak of wins, because I've I've been right the last two weeks. Now they were both losses, yeah. but I was right the last. Two. I'm hoping right. this streak continues, <laughs> right. you right. know. And this time I'm right, and the Colts actually get their first win of the season. <laughs> yes, yes, that 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 would uh, do a lot of people in that building some good because there's a lot of great people in that building that's mm-hmm. been around the game of football for a very long time. Yeah, and so uh, when when the entire team is struggling they're struggling as well and that's why india has always been a beautiful place to play yeah this is a game uh you know again something that wasn't brought up the interior of that offensive line for the miami dolphins is very young inexperienced and prone uh to making mistakes and this is a game right. i feel like that grover stewart and before buckner can really put their stamp on you know yes. um so um looking forward uh, like you said, I don't expect a lot of fireworks in this game, but at the same time, uh, I love watching the defense. I, I love it when the defense yeah. is playing well, uh, gets me fired up. I can I can watch a 13-10 game and be excited about watching it when there's a bunch of defensive plays being made, especially, right. uh, you know, along that front seven, you know. Right. If you're getting a lot right. of TFLs and sacks and quarterback knockdowns and things like that, you know, right. a, a lot of big hits, you know, on running backs yeah, sure. and, and stuff sure. like it, it could, it could fire me up big time. So um, hopefully the Colts go down there and, you know, just kind of put a wrench in the Miami Dolphins plans. And I was told that if the Dolphins, uh, by the guy that I had on my, on my podcast over on Colts law yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, TD Finn's talk, he said that if the Dolphins lose against the Colts, Watson will be signed within three days. <laughs> we'll be traded yeah. for. So, <laughs> right, right. That's you know, a that's a that's a fair play. That's yeah. a fair play. You know, you know what? That would be a double win for the Colts if they were able to beat Miami, sure. get their first win, and then get Deshaun sure. Watson out of the AFC South. Sure. I'm all for it. <laughs> right, right. If he has a chance to even play at all this yeah, year, that, yeah. that's a whole nother conversation yeah. that, you know, well, is very serious. But, you know. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for spending another hour with us today. Um, yes. Why don't you tell people, again, about Athletes Unplugged and where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find Athletes Unplugged, which is my very own podcast at wherever you consume your podcast. And basically, I'm having former coaches, players, current players on, and we get to unplug a bit and talk about more about their story as opposed to their football story, which we're all familiar with. So it's a great time. I'm usually smoking a cigar or drinking some wine or drinking some whiskey. 
but it's a uh, uh, laughter's. Uh, there's some seriousness to it, but in the end, I think it's entertaining and you will enjoy it. And you can catch us on IG at Athletes Unplugged, and you can find us on Twitter at Athletes Unplugged. So there you have it. I hope you guys can join us. It's, uh, you know, great times. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, uh, you can find the link in the description of this video. And uh, if you're listening, Go find me on YouTube so you can go check out the link directly in the description of the video. Uh, any final words? You know what? Even though I predicted the Colts would lose, I'm still rooting for them. So don't don't hate me out there, Colts fans. I'm just you know <laughs> calling it how, how how I how I see it. But uh, you know, I, I hopefully the Colts can get themselves out of this. But I, I just don't think this week is the week to they're going to do it. Fair enough, man. I, I I chose the Colts to lose, like I said, the last two weeks. Uh, just, you got to call it as you see it, you know, be honest with yourself and everyone else. So, uh, thanks so much, everybody, please don't forget if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash that like button, hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, tag that notification bell. And if you're listening to this, uh, please make sure you download it and go check us out on, you know, social medias at Twitter, um, on, on Facebook, on, on YouTube, wherever it is, uh, and share this with, you know, uh, your friends and family and, and, and on, uh, your social medias, uh, the, the best, the best advertisement is word of mouth from guys and people like you. So thank you. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's Dequal Jackson. And as usual, have a good one. Go, Go Colts. Colts. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.